Hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Sassanac Files. This is Chelsea. And this is Rebecca. And we are here to bring you an episode today about Sassanac, the very first episode of Outlander. And we are super excited to have you guys. So what do you think, Rebecca? Are you excited about this one? Because I'm kind of excited to get into our episode analysis. Yes, I'm very excited. Um... I mean, this is what started it all. It may not be my favorite episode in the entire series, but it did start everything. So I can appreciate that. And just, yes, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And last week, we kind of just had a breakdown, a Q&A of all things Outlander, pretty much everything we love about the show, which is super fun. But now we get to dive deep into our likes, our dislikes, and kind of the technical side of the show which I'm also super excited about because the mythology and everything surrounding the Outlander universe is super intriguing to me. And our goal is to keep it within the episode. Yeah, so there will be some things, I think, that probably get mentioned within the season, but we will definitely try to not get way out there so that it doesn't ruin anything for you guys that are, you know, not in Droughtlander suffering like the rest of us because it is May 10th, when we're recording this and it is officially Droughtlander guys. We are so, so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times did you watch the finale? I've now watched it four times in less than 24 hours. Oh my God. It <sighs> was so good guys. We will not talk about it because Rebecca and I had a three hour breakdown last night after we both watched it. <laughs> and we could probably talk about it for three more hours, but we're here to talk about season one today, so we will keep it there. <laughs> Alright, so we're gonna try to go through this chronologically. We're gonna start at the beginning and try to move through it on a scene by scene basis. Some things will probably get brought up from later in the episode if it's connected to things that happened earlier. Because it is going to be an organic conversation, but we're going to try to stay on track as much as possible. So bear with mm-hmm. us. I'm, and I'm sure some things might get missed, but they won't be like super big things. <laughs> as always, if there's questions or if you guys think we missed something or you're interested to know our opinion on something that hap- that we talked about or didn't talk about in the show, just shoot us a message on our social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can shoot us an email to thesassanacfiles at gmail.com and we will try to include it in our next show. You ready to get into this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, yes, please talk to us. Please tell us what you thought. <laughs> yes, please, please tell us what you think. We love, love, love to improve or change things based on what our listeners like. If you think something could be better, if you have a suggestion for us, let us know. Okay. Let's get this thing going. All right. So I will say that I think the, I rewatched Sassanac in preparation for this podcast because we're 57 episodes deep now as far as our Outlander encyclopedia. (laughs) So I needed a refresher. And I think that the beginning of this episode is probably one of the best beginnings of a TV show that I've been privy to. I love the opening theme with the voiceover and the beautiful, beautiful shots of Glencoe, Scotland. Amazing. Oh, Scotland. Scotland is so beautiful. 
Oh man, it makes me miss it so much, so much. But it's it's a really gorgeous country, and I'm so glad that they chose to film in Scotland because they could have very easily filmed in the U.S. and made things up, but they didn't. They stayed authentic to it. They utilized the wonderful setting that Diana Gabaldon came up with, and I really just love that in all its splendor and beauty. I'm thankful they did film in Scotland. I, is it technically an American show? Because they all they yeah. can do is have. It is technically actors. an American show. Yep. Oh, okay. So I feel like it just would make sense for them to film off base, so to speak. It'd be easier. Interesting. Okay, go ahead. Continue your line of thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was just going to talk about. Um, I love how our first glimpse of. Claire is in the 1940s in mm-hmm. World War II as badass nurse Claire. What do you think about that choice to show her as a nurse in World War II? Because that's something that uh, book readers never actually saw. What did you think about that? I thought it was interesting to see who she was in the war. Yeah, and just kind of being in her head. It's nice being in characters' minds. We don't see that very often. We don't. I guess in that time period, she was badass because she actually went to the front lines during the war. So I just thought she looked at her just staying totally in the zone, trying to help this soldier who's bleeding out. And then all the doctors show up and go, we got it from here, you know, like that thing. But she 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 did it. She was the one that was helping him. So, yeah, uh, woman covered in blood. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Not for the faint of heart. Uh, Outlander, not. Oh, uh, that's for that. sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> Just you wait. Just yeah. Wait. Okay. So <laughs> then we see her in post-war era and all the '40s fashion. Like that would be my oh dream my God. As a costume designer to design all of those outfits. And I love Claire's blue coat. I'm in love with that coat. Seriously, Torrid put out an Outlander line, and the blue coat was in the line, and I bought it. Well, I didn't buy it. I got it for Christmas. But I demanded that if somebody was going to get me a Christmas present, it was going to be that blue coat because I'm in love. And, yes, Ugh, I love it. I loved her hat. Her hat was, like, I loved her hat. That was amazing. Yeah. And here's my thing. Whenever they pull up at that bed and breakfast, they just have two tiny little suitcases, and I'm just like, oh my, okay, let's be real. How many times does Claire change outfits just in the amount of time before she goes through the stones? Like, at least three or four times, and she has two yeah. different coats. And I'm like, all of that would seriously not fit in that little suitcase. <laughs> hey, those suitcases were magic, all right? <laughs> Oh, it's like on Harry Potter with the the invisibility spell that's attached to the Hermione's bag. <laughs> what made me think of was Mary Poppins' bag. I was like, that's what that uh, bag yeah. is. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. No, so Claire, Claire's got some magic going on with her suitcase. She's got an extension <laughs> charm. Magic. Oh, um, man. So, how... <laughs> Harry Potter. (laughs) Harry Potter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Excuse my terrible British accent. That was awful. Okay. Red hair. 
you must be a Weasley. <laughs> I had the Harry Potter musical in my head. That wasn't necessarily the movie. Okay, we should get back to Outlander, though, because we, we could like, totally nerd out for a little bit. <laughs> yep, we could. Okay, so let's... I had an intriguing thought when I was watching this. The voiceover mm-hmm. that Claire gives and when she's talking about the vase that she sees in the window and how she'll never forget that day and how looking back on everything, she would make the same choice no matter Mm -hmm. what all happens. So what version of Claire do you think is telling this story? So funny you thought that because right when she was saying those lines, which I wrote them down, I went, when is she saying this? When? (laughs) When is she saying this in the beginning sequence? I honestly think it's an old Claire. Like when she's just thinking back on her life, maybe she's dying. I don't know. Or maybe she... Like post-series Claire is kind of the vibe that I got. Yeah, like the end of her days. I don't know. Or she's been writing journals. But I don't know if that's really a Claire thing. But I feel like she's written stuff down. Like she's telling somebody. I had one person just pop into my head in particular. I tend to believe that it is post-series, Claire, talking about everything that happens uh, within the realm of the story that she's telling. Let's talk about what she was looking at in the window, because I think that that was super significant to what she said, which was, um, what did she say? When I saw the life I wanted sitting in a window, she sees a vase, which in her mind is a symbol of home. I don't know. I find that really fascinating. I have because she, I have yeah. a theory about this as well. To get into my mind a little bit, which is a scary place, so try not to stay there too long. <laughs> oh, girl, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is my thought process, and this is catching this on watch six. I probably watched this, the season premiere or the series premiere probably six or seven times. Seriously, like, there's more and more to catch in this show as you keep watching. I catch something new every time I watch these episodes. It's amazing how multifaceted (laughs) they are. Sorry, where I've had moments where I thought I didn't remember something, and then I went, oh, yeah, duh, of course I remember that, like, the third round or whatever. Why am I acting like this is a big deal? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my theory on it is that... Whenever we see Claire at the window, so there's the the moment when she makes that comment, the life that I wanted sitting in a window. That's in her mm-hmm. voiceover at the very beginning, and then we go into the episode, and then we're when we're watching that in real time, within the timeline of the show, we see her from the window's perspective, which everything yeah. appears in black and white in the window's perspective. And then Mm -hmm. as you pan around to through the window and get outside, everything is in color. Which I just noticed. I wanted to validate that when I went back to look at that moment again today before this, um, I did notice the black and white. So I was like, well. Yeah. So then in just the cinematography and the choices that they made in the show, Everything that happens in the 1940s is a very washed out vintage look. Not mm-hmm. not full color. Once she goes through the stones, 
everything yep. instantaneously changes to color, almost to the fact where it hurts your eyes if you're watching it. <laughs> and so it yep. made me think, if that vase symbolizes home to her, does the glass mm-hmm. in the window symbolize the veil of time? And then in the grand scheme of things, her life isn't in full color until she goes back to where she's meant to be in the 18th century. You could be right. Actually, so, I think I agree with you there. Yeah. So that was Deep kind stuff, of, guys. Deep yeah. Stuff. This is why you listen to us, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was actually being serious. Like, this is deep, but <laughs> it was deep. Yes. And it was very, um, the symbolism in this show just blows me away. Like, you could pick it apart it, for hours. Yeah, it's fucking insanity. They're amazing. And Diana's amazing for writing it. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. I think we should talk about Frank and Claire and their relationship. I mean, these two have been apart for five years, and they only saw each other for ten days total. How do you think you would respond to something like that? Because I think they both handled it pretty well. They were both super awkward, and it was kind of interesting to watch. And to notice him look at her, like, just with this love in his eyes as they're driving to the, um, like, bed and breakfast and whatever, um, and just to hear her kind of talk about him was just really interesting. What, what were your takes on their relationship? Because you can tell he loves her. But, like, obviously they haven't had as much time together, so of course it'd be a little awkward. Yeah, I think that they're understandably awkward. Mm -hmm. Because this is the person that you chose to be with, and then the catastrophic events of history tore you apart for five years, essentially. And so you're naturally going to have this disconnect with each other. And it's the whole getting to know you again process. Get as she put it, getting to know the people that we'd become. And yeah. I feel like I was watching Claire's expression whenever they're checking into the bed and breakfast and Frank is going full on nerd talking about Scottish folklore. Yep. And um, she's just got this little smile on her face the whole time. Just like, oh, he's so cute. He's such a nerd. <laughs> like, I love that look that she's giving him. And he's just in his element, in his element, just going on and on about Orin, St. Orin and being buried alive. And she makes this comment. She's like, oh, charming. (laughs) This is is definitely where he's, where his security lies. That's what I thought when I saw that moment Mm -hmm. was like him. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but like him being a know-it-all is where his security is. And that's what I saw. And so that's why she just kind of sits back and lets him do his thing because that's where he feels comfortable. So yeah. I just thought that and was pers- to see. Yeah, for sure. And I felt that her security lied in her physicality. She is a very physical person. And so the bedroom is where her confidence lies. Um, which totally. I thought that that was very interesting as well. He's more he's more of an intellectual person, and yep. Claire's more of a physical person. So it's interesting to see how that ma- mashes up, I guess. And yeah. I also thought it was interesting because they have a they have this great scene in the bedroom 
where Frank is just settling down and he's going through all his papers and stuff and being Frank. And Claire (laughs) makes this comment and she's like, lazy bones, you're never going to manage the next branch on your family tree if you don't show more industry than that. Well, because he was—he's all like prim and proper, and he see—he feels the squeaky bed and hears it, and he's like, "Well, nothing's going to be happening while we're on this trip." And she's like, "Whatever, yeah. squeaky bed, yes." <laughs> and that whole scene just got me because Claire's jumping up on the bed and just being super playful, and he's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, it made me think. Claire's so youthful in this scene. There's got to be a little bit of an age difference between them. So I looked it up out of curiosity, and there's quite an age gap. So Frank was born in 1906, and Claire was born in 1918. So there's a 12-year age difference between these two characters. Which is nuts. Yeah, and I I mean, it's not a bad thing, but... Right. It just really started to click with me in that scene. and like, oh, yeah, there is an age difference between them. You can tell that that was played into that scene. So I thought that was very, very good acting and writing for those characters. And it also led to, like, their connecting moment. Because for her, as we see in the episode, because she says it in her mind, like, sex is their way back to each other. Whatever happened in the day, whatever was going on, it's their bridge back to each other. So, of course, she's going to initiate sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ever going to put up much of a fight about that. Uh, no. <laughs> can we talk about, though, like, right before they have sex, she's talking about how she can't remember his laugh. Like, she's trying to remember his laugh. And he's here getting in trouble or over there getting in trouble for drawing the lines on her hands. <laughs> like, just to kind of show, like where they are in the relationship. I just thought that that was super interesting. And then they, but they have a great sex life. So it just, that moment has always made me wonder how, what else do they have in the relationship besides the sex? Like, does she actually really care about him? And it does look apparent that she does, but it's for her to forget his laugh kind of always stuck with me. I'm like, I don't know how you forget your spouse's laugh. It's only been five know. years. <laughs> I've, like, I've heard instances of, I mean, I, I've never really lost anybody close to me, and I'm grateful yeah. for that every day, but I've heard instances of, you know, that that's one of the first things that you forget, and you don't really realize that you forget it, is the sound of your loved one's voice, and or the sound of their laugh, and that's something that you can't really, you can't conjure up unless you hear it in a recording or something like that. And then you instantly know that that's what it is, but you can't recall it yourself. So I think that's probably just a situational thing. Honestly, I don't really, I think that Claire does love Frank 100%, uh-huh. but I also feel like he's her first love. And I feel like that's a very important distinction later on down the pipe because Jamie is her forever love. And mm-hmm. when you're young, you don't necessarily realize you're in it. And you're like, oh, I'm going to love this person forever. And maybe the, it would have worked out between them. Maybe they would have had a really happy marriage had they stuck it out and had she never gone through the stones. We'll never know. But it it didn't it doesn't seem that soulmate type of love. 
Well, yeah, it's kind of apparent it's not that <laughs> when we first mm-hmm. see them. Yeah. Not just because of the five-year difference. It's like they, they are kind of, it's like familiar to her. That's what I thought when she um, mm-hmm. was talking. It's a comfort. About, yeah. It's just mm-hmm. something she knows. And it's not that he's a bad husband. It's just he's a product of his time period just like she is. So it's like it was the, it was probably the better of some marriages back then. I to touch on the because you mentioned the that Frank remembers the lines on Claire's palm. Yeah, I found that so ironic, considering what Miss Graham says these lines represent. Basically, the end of the marriage essentially is what these lines represent that she's going to <laughs> divulge from her past. And so Frank is basically, it's actually kind of a depressing concept. Frank is basically doodling the doom of his own marriage all over the margins of these reports. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the CGI that they do at Castle Leah to make it look so run down. I was thoroughly impressed. You can't tell that that is all CGI and that it's not really a crumbling facade, which I was impressed with. So... I wanted to give kudos to the set decoration team and to the computer graphics team because I thought that that was amazing. Here was something I wrote down in that moment because we're both on two different wavelengths with this scene. But she pauses when they're in like that healer's room, but Mm -hmm. they didn't know what the room was. Um, She pauses and kind of just stands there for a second. And it made me think, was she... Did she remember something about that room? Was it like deja vu? Because we all have those moments sometimes. That's how I took it. Yes, I took it that she was having deja vu. Okay, cool. All right, cool. We're on the same wavelength. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I totally, when she's walking down that staircase and she just pauses, she's having one of those moments where she's like, I feel like this has happened before. I feel like I've been here before. Yep, it was really weird. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, because... We're not going to divulge, like, dive deep into the travel, time travel continuum concept, okay? How does it even work? Like, she's walking somewhere that she has walked yep. before, but it hasn't happened yet. So I'm DK, man. I do not yeah. know. It is. Mind explosion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For it sure. Is. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about the ghost. Yeah. Yes, please. What do you have Obviously, to say about the ghost? Oh, my God. Like... First off, Frank handled that really well for like a second because how do you handle some random dude staring at your woman? Because at first he wasn't sure what was happening and then he went, that's Claire. Um, I'm going to beat the shit out of him. And then the guy disappears in an amazing hat. So like, I, what do you even do with that? <laughs> and what, is he, what does he do? He goes into their room and Claire's like, what's the matter? And he tells her, I saw a ghost. And to me, I went, wow, you two talk about everything. That is a legitimate thing. You and wouldn't tell your significant other if you saw a ghost? I would. No, I would. It just, to <laughs> me, it kind of blew it blew my mind. And it made me think of something down the line as well. And I went, that's probably why it was pretty, like, easy for her to, like, share some of the things she shares. Because mm. of their rapport already. So, um, I saw a ghost. And then Frank... Obviously, I think we can all just say it that it is Jamie who is the ghost. Um, it's like a universal outlander truth. It is James Frazier. Diana has told us. And what I wrote down when I saw that ghost was, but how? How is it Jamie? 
and we don't know. <laughs> so Nobody like, knows love. except for Diana Gabaldon and Sam Hewen, and neither one of those are likely to divulge the secrets of the Outlander universe. <laughs> I hope they don't. I want to see it for myself, honestly. And then what you if they don't get that part? What um, if the show ends is, and they don't get there? Listen, Chelsea, that is blasphemous, and that is not allowed in this podcast ever. <laughs> you can leave. <laughs> but, um, yeah, oh my god, that would freak me out. I'd be like, a person was just there, and now they're not. I don't know what to do with that. Like, literally, the ghost, Jamie, like, he turns, and then is gone. Gone. What are so do weird. you have any theories about it, or do you just sit, let it sit, and be like, I'll know eventually, or do you have a theory about it? I think he had died or was about to die. Like that was what I thought was like. Obviously, there's a reason why you turn into a ghost. You're dying, and like, or you you are dead basically. And yeah, I think man, he's in purgatory. That's what's going on, and he wants to find his love and went to see her. You know. Before she came to him. <laughs> so, right. Oh my god. But like, I'm mostly just curious why he's wearing what he's wearing and why it's not maybe different clothing. So that's my Or why process. he's young. I, yes. Why, why he's so is young. he young? Yeah. Because he's Sam Hewen and that's how old he was at that time. <laughs> yes. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, so, I, here's what I will say. I'm going to come back to this conversation whenever we get to our The Battle Joined episode. That's okay. where I'm going to leave I'm, it. Okay. <laughs> A long time from now, folks, but I promise you I will bring it up because this is an, it's an important <laughs> topic for me. It's, it's forever tattooed in her brain. She will not forget. Exactly. But No, I will not forget. I, I do think we need to talk about what transpires the conversation like what happens between Frank and Claire um right after all of that yeah I love this conversation between them because like we were talking about earlier they have been separated for five years and only saw each other for a grand total of 10 days in that five-year span it's natural Mm -hmm. that there's going to be some insecurity there and I Mm -hmm. love this conversation because they're being they're being frank with each other no pun intended and being honest. And I love that. That they're just like, let's get it all out on the table. If it happened, it happened. I just need to know so I can move forward. And I admire yeah. that about Frank. He's like, it's not going to affect how I feel about you. I just need to know. Yep. And so. it is a clear thing to do. She just would rather talk about it. They both mm-hmm. definitely seem that way. And I agree with Frank. I'm exactly like him. Just tell me. <laughs> But I also get where Claire's coming from because as a spouse that never even thought about being unfaithful, that would be offensive to me to be like, really, you don't trust me? Seriously? So, yeah, yeah, I get both sides of that, but I felt like it was such a natural scene and it was so real because I'm sorry, nobody is so secure in their marriage that they never, ever have a shadow of a doubt about anything. Like, it's human nature to have doubts. <laughs> so uh-huh. at least they're willing to get it out there and have a conversation about it versus let it fester and ruin their marriage. So I admire that. Good stuff. And I love that after the mini, like, disconnect, they connect 
back with sex, which is how Claire connects with somebody, which I just, I love that. I love that sex is where it's at for her, even though, yes, she knows how to talk to people, but like, that's how she connects to her spouse is sex. So, um, I just, I love that distinction. So, Mm -hmm. and then they're laying in bed and Frank's like, I want to go see the witches tomorrow. Let me set in a water. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, she Claire's like intrigued, but also kind of like, what nerdy business do you have planned for us tomorrow? Because I kind of just want to just chill by the fire and read my book, <laughs> or do some more of this. Can we do more? Right, more of that? Or, um, <laughs> or do some more. You know, but time between the sheets, I'm game for that too. You know, <laughs> but no, you want us to get up at the crack of dawn to go see some witches? Okay, good thing I love you. <laughs> Basically, that's exactly what's going on. Because she was like, no alarms. We said no alarms. And he's like, "Um, I am going to go see some witches. Mm, Good Lord. Yeah. So they get up before dawn to go see these quote unquote witches. They're druids. And they are druids. The dance choreography and the music in this scene give me chills Every oh time my I God. watch it, I, I literally it. have goosebumps. Yes. <laughs> it's a gorgeous mm-hmm. scene all the way around. The choreography, the cinematography, the lighting, Ugh. just the music, the music, all of it. God, the music. I'm like having Barry goosebumps Mc- right now. Like, yeah, Barry McCurry <laughs> nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Barry. <laughs> like a sweet raspberry. Yes, he is. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then actually, it gave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop it! Stop um, laughing. <laughs> okay. It actually, it's that moment. No, I have to get my thought bubble out. Okay, so the thought bubble that happened in that moment was: Did they open the portal? Now, maybe. Now, maybe that could just be a logical thought for everybody, but like to me, I was like: Did they open a portal dancing? So that was a thought bubble for me while watching. Question. Claire doesn't hear the buzzing this round. I know. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. I, was I mean, I thought that. I'd ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, Chelsea. We're on the same wavelength. Fine. All right, go ahead. I just want to talk about whenever she decides to go back to the stones. She's, she's sitting there reading. And Frank says, okay, I'm going to go, you know, hang out with the Reverend now. And they kiss, and then it's slow motion as he pulls away and leaves. Mm. And if that is not the signal of Outlander that something bad's about to go down. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Totally. That is a tell. Like, anybody who's watched the show just for the first time can know, oh, shit, something is about to go down. It's slow motion. Like, it's such a sad moment. It's so sad. It's her last kiss with him, you know? Yeah. Before she goes through, it's it's awful. Um, And she doesn't know it's coming at all. No. she. How could you, really? I just, I don't think there's (laughs) any way. Like, even if they had flat out told her, yeah, if you go touch that stone, you're going to go back in time 200 years. You think she would have believed them? (laughs) <laughs> she would have been like you're fucking crazy that's what you are so she gets back to the stones and 
there is a chain of events here that really just gets my wheels spinning. So, like you said earlier, she didn't hear the stones the first time she was in the stone circle. Yeah, and she's still not hearing them now. Jamie's ghost appears the night before. She goes back to the stone circle to get forget-me-nots, and then right when she picks the forget-me-nots is when the stone circle starts making noises. Uh-huh. And then... Which blew my mind. Right. So... Because I noticed that's not connected. It's all connected. I just had a question. With Jamie's ghost showing up, I guess my brain's not connecting that, him being there and all this happening, Mm -hmm. that Jamie's ghost is significant to this moment. Connect that dot for me. Because I don't connect them as the same thing, I guess. Was it because it was Samhain and that's that? There are moments in the book, which I'm not going to get into too much because, A, you haven't read them yet, spoiler alert, and B, people don't want to listen to us compare the books in this show. So I'll just Mm -hmm. preface by saying that Jamie may or may not have some supernatural affinities later on down the pipe. Um, and I think that it's related. It's all related somehow. That's all I'll say about it. I knew it. He was an X-Men. I knew it. Yep. You guessed it. <laughs> Damn. Oh. <laughs> so the forget-me-not, she pulls it. She hears the buzzing. She gets pulled in by the stone, touches it. Boom. What happens? What was your first thought when we see her in Technicolor or whatever? In the colorful world. Am I honest-to-God first thought? Damn, that's yeah. bright. <laughs> my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> my first thought was, man, Claire looks good. <laughs> just just having thing. gone 200 years back in time. Yeah, she looks pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, she looks amazing. I, I love the no, analogy of the car crash Yeah, in comparison to going through the stones. I thought that that yeah. was a really good way to explain without showing. Yeah. Because that would be hard to depict in the show. Even, yeah. Without, Even though they yeah. technically did show us. They did, but, like, without getting all sci-fi and showing her, like, being tossed around in the third dimension and or in yeah. fifth dimension or whatever. Gotcha. You know? so That would have been cheesy. Exactly. So that, they had to do something. And it made it, like, hit home, I guess. I mean, not, like, hit home, but we can understand a car crash or something. But, yeah, that's why I'm confused why Claire looks so good. Like, you would think she would look maybe a little bit more messy. I think it's all (laughs) an internal thing, if that makes sense. Like, you process it internally. I don't, I don't know. They do things a bit different in the show. That's one thing that I was talking about earlier was that it's not really made clear in the show how dangerous time travel is they make it seem like you just go up you touch the stones and bam you go back 200 years and then you could do it like five times a day and nothing would happen and that is really just not the case i wish the show had more of that to show the repercussions of time travel i guess like it makes me think what happens to your brain when you do that i guess it could make sense why some of them make dumb decisions (laughs) (laughs) All their brain cells are not there. Um, she's in that time. She goes to where the car is, and it's not there. 
And she starts walking through the forest, which, yeah, let's do that, whatever. And then I said, I wrote down, oh, shit, after the first gunshot. Mm -hmm. And all the music starts. The beautiful bear music, the berry music starts. Um, and, music. uh, berry music. And I loved when we heard the bagpipes. I was so happy, but I'm like, this is a horrible moment because that would be a weird thing to experience. I didn't even process that. And I loved her inner dialogue of her saying, the mind likes to, you know, do whatever it was doing. I forgot the, the word. Whenever, and, yeah, it gropes for the, the irrational mind, you know, it gropes go. for the logical. Yeah. Yeah, it looks for an explanation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she's like, that was a real bullet. Shit. And so she starts running. And then, who does she spot? Blackjack Randall. Who, I would be extremely confused too, let's be honest. Because <laughs> he's, you know, it's obviously it's Tobias Menzies who plays Frank. And so, mm-hmm. yep. we'll touch on it a million times between now and the season one finale. but. Tobias Menzies is an amazing talent being able to play two characters. And I feel like for every scene that we get with Blackjack, we get a counter scene with Frank. And I think I mentioned this in our very first episode that we did, but it really just hits home how different these two men are. You're like, yes, they look the same or very similar, but holy crap. Yeah. And so I would be confused too. Let's not get wrong, but also... Can you imagine how much of this whole situation could have been avoided if she had not been like, who the hell are you? And it just really started <laughs> things off on the wrong foot. Let's be honest. Well, at first she asks Frank, which is totally logical. But then she goes like, whatever. Like, I'm not telling you anything. Like, you know, like, and he's like, guess what's going to happen? You're going to tell me. Yeah, exactly. He's automatically suspicious of her. And rightfully so, like, you have this random woman walking around in the woods, calls you Frank, and this clearly, like, looks like a prostitute, but speaks like a a lady, and is very, like... She's legitimately in her underwear in that time. Mm -hmm. Yep, and so I just... It makes sense. Like, both of their reactions make sense. Clearly not the whole, like, him trying to rape her nonsense, like, but that's just who Blackjack is. We get our first glimpse of that. And then, yeah, in comes Myrta. Myrta! I was so happy I wrote that down in capital letters and put smiley faces. Which really we happy. don't know who Myrta is officially <clears throat> yet in the show, in the realm of the show at this point. But suffice it to say, the guy that saves her from Blackjack Randall is Myrta. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and here's what I wrote. They should not clear out more often. And I put a ha-ha because that is legitimate. Any of you who are ahead in the show have watched all the five seasons or just even this season can agree with me on that because sometimes, Claire, like, shut it. <laughs> right? So sometimes just, that get you in trouble and other people in trouble. So quit it. Just give her a shovel and let her keep digging. <clears throat> like, the hole just gets deeper. <laughs> Exactly. Goodness. Um, But, like, here's my thing. She calls out for help. This is something I noticed when I watched it again, or any of the times. I'm like, why are you yelling for help? So this is before the guy knocks her out. I'm like, 
why are you he just saved you you would think he'd be on your side exactly and that's why i'm like maybe she thought because they were british they would help her but why does she need save like clearly this guy's on the good side because he just saved her (laughs) from being raped by a british officer seriously i don't get her logic i really don't and that really just effed her over that she acted afraid of him because now the british are suspicious of her and the scots are suspicious of her like whose side are you on lady man that was not yeah that whole series of events i'm just like holy crap you just keep digging the hole deeper claire (laughs) i mean hindsight's 2020 i suppose (laughs) oh boy yeah i just i don't think i would have yelled for help if somebody saved me i wouldn't try to yell i would have either to get saved from them it's Mm -hmm. just that's why I think the stones do something to your brain. You do dumb things. But this is where she starts to really have it hit her in her brain because she says this in the um, voiceover that, like, she can't fake the smell coming from this man. <laughs> <laughs> As he's bringing her to this, like, hut place or house or whatever it is. So they get in there. And the first thing I write is, Graham, exclamation point, smile face. And then I wrote, Dougal is an asshole. For real, though. Because, what, they're trying to ask if she's a whore and Mm -hmm. a hood. And they're like, no. And then Rupert says, Rupert, the one that we don't know yet, is like, hey, we should test her out. Like, I think her. Um, And then Dougal says, I don't hold with rape. And we wouldn't have time for that anyway. Like, you're such a turd. God. Like, he's so... He's so irritating. But the one line that I really did love in this moment was Murta saying, I'll stake my best shirt. She's no a whore. I love that. They may know something is up with her and different, but he has good instincts because she's obviously not a whore. So. Yeah, he does. So we like Murta right off the bat. And then <laughs> it took a while. You but. didn't like Murta right off the bat? I did. Not really i but i also didn't like jamie right off the bat either so there was a lot blasphemy i'm the one that says blasphemy shut the front door you didn't like jamie (laughs) i have logical reasons for that um we can't be friends anymore oh yeah okay well then yeah we'll still do this podcast don't worry there'll be more debates happening oh goodness okay so tell me what were your thoughts behind not liking jamie well, it kind of happens in the next couple episodes. You'll hear more, oh, so I I'll save it for those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let It'll me just sense. say that Jamie, this strapping young lad with a dislocated shoulder in front of the fire. Yeah. Ouch. First of all, that looks seriously yeah. painful. <laughs> I literally was like, ugh. <laughs> like, I wanted to puke. It was gross. Yeah. Ugh. Makes me like, ugh. Gag. It's gag yeah. sounds, man. I don't know um, about gag sound, but it makes me shiver and just, ooh, ow. Ow, ow, ow. Let, let me rephrase. I gag when she puts it back in place. There you go. I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And here's what I'll say. Okay, so I didn't necessarily, backtrack a second. I didn't necessarily love Jamie because I could already feel this intensity, like, Jamie's so great. Jamie's so hot. Jamie's so amazing. There was, like, this feel around watching this show of, like, Jamie's amazing and you have to love him. He's just this person. And I was like, listen, 
I am not liking some of the things I'm seeing at the moment, but he does say some cute stuff, and I'm very confused because he also has nice knees. So, like, I don't know what to do with this right now. So, um, it was a mixture of emotion, but I also, again, was not in love with him entirely yet. So, see, there I that. came into this whole experience with no one that had read Outlander and nobody who had watched Outlander surrounding me. And so uh-huh. I had no outside influences when I first met Jamie. All I knew was that in that room full of men who were all looking at Claire like she was a whore that they wanted to put to the test, Jamie was yeah. actually kind to her and yeah. just so sweet. And that's one thing that after all of this happens in the little cottage that they're at, and she <laughs> don't know how she lucked into riding with him all that way. On a horse. Hey, I was okay with that. I was Sign like, me up. Sign me up. But, um, <laughs> yeah, well, let's be honest. I, yeah, I would love to ride all that way on a horse with Jamie. <laughs> yes, you can put your kilt around me, too. It's fine. Right, and um, that's one thing. I wouldn't refuse on, that. That's just, like, he's just so sweet and so nice, and he doesn't really like I'm sure he's curious about who she is for sure but uh-huh he's he still treats her with respect and is kind to her and is like here I know you're cold like stop being stubborn just take my plaid and like be warm damn it like oh oh no your teeth chattering is or what like you being cold is making my teeth chatter yeah you're yeah you're shaking so hard, it's making my teeth rattle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I you just know. Think, you know what I'm doing. I just don't understand <laughs> okay. how people don't like him, but whatever. You're entitled to your opinion, I suppose. Hey, there's <sighs> a mixture. I don't know him. He could, any guy can be nice. Come on, but this is Jamie. Obviously, when you rewatch, you can see the signs. That's why he was so confusing, but he's nice with everybody. That was the thing that confused me, was like, he's doing these things. That would make any girl fall in love with him. But it's, that's a, he would do that for anyone. So if it had been right. any other woman, he would have put his kilt around her to keep her warm, you know? Right. So like, that's, that's why what, I wasn't. See, that's why that's I did why, like him because it doesn't matter who she is. He's still going to be a kind and genuine person. Like, I don't want somebody who's just going to be nice to me just because they want me. Like, I want somebody oh, who's I, nice to everybody. I agree with you. I was still suspicious because there are other things coming in the next couple of episodes. One in particular. (laughs) The next one, I think. I was like, all right, boy, this is where I don't like that kind of attitude or that kind of thing. Um, I don't. Yeah. Anyways. So, I mean. Can we talk about how he then throws her off the horse? (laughs) Well, wait, but can we backtrack? And we missed the wet nurse part. Uh, We did. Yes. If you can, That's if so you can deliver it with appropriate hilarity, we can definitely talk about it. It never ends oh up being so funny when I talk about it. Oh my god! So she's literally saying, "I'm a nurse, like I know what I'm doing." And then he goes, "Oh," and he looks right at her breasts, and she goes, "Not a wet nurse." And he's like, "Oh, like <laughs> it's just his face is so cute. Like he's oh, so like, god. oh, okay, like." No big deal. I just looked at her boobs, and it's not, like, a big deal, because I guess it just, it was cute. But, yes, we can talk about how he throws her off the horse. Oh, my God. So, what I wrote down was, 
because it makes me laugh every time. Even when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I always think he's such a dude. Just like, okay, I'm going to protect you. Here, poof. Like, start to And like, I go to battle. Like, I can't believe he did it. It still shocks me sometimes. I'm like, he really did throw her off that thing. He just went, poof. Hide yourself. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Once I can breathe again, because you knocked all the wind out of me. <laughs> I'm, oh. My thinking is like, how many thorns did she land in, land in, uh. or whatever? Thanks, dude. I appreciate the throwing off a horse. That was awesome. Oh my goodness gracious! Claire totally has my luck. You have the opportunity to get away. You run in the opposite direction, wander around get lost, and get found again. Like, damn it! <laughs> damn it. Here's, here's my question. Would you have taken the leap to run away, or would you have stayed put and tried to hide in a specific spot? Or would you have stayed there where he threw you? <laughs> um, I think I would have hidden. Like, I think I honestly would have done what Jamie asked me to do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not really a rule breaker, let's be honest. And uh, not that it's a rule or anything, but I have no idea where I'm at. I'm in the middle of the Scottish countryside with no roads. You know, at least if it were in the 20th century, you could probably travel a certain degree and find a road eventually. But this is the 18th century Scotland, and I know it might not have completely settled in with her yet. Like, she's not comfortable with that idea. But still, I I really think that I would have just hidden and waited for him to come back. And I think that that would have gone, I think that would have gone a long way towards winning confidence with Jamie if she had been where he left her, you know. It makes him suspicious, too. He knows that he may not have told everybody that he had to go looking for her, but he knows that he had to go looking for her. So it's raising red flags with him already. Yeah, but not in that way necessarily with the other men. At least, maybe I'm just wanting it to be that thought process because he's Jamie, but, like, I don't think it's as intense as the other men. No, no, I don't think that it ever is. And quite honestly, I think he's one of those guys that's like, honestly, it's not really my damn business who this lady is. I don't really care that much. I got my own problems. Yep. So, yep. I think that's a lot of his mindset. I completely agree with you. Yeah, let's talk about the best part of the episode, which is that nighttime scene with her and the men. Hell, he's going over! (laughs) (laughs) Which, for those of you that haven't watched the the behind-the-scenes stuff, that was the audition scene for Claire. And the producers, I'm pretty sure, were so sick of listening to that line that they almost cut it from the show. (laughs) It's like, if I hear this one more time, holy hell. Oh, my God. Uh, Even the actors were over it. They were just like, and done. So she's cursing at him because he didn't tell her. He was legit bleeding. All he said was when he went to go find her was that it's other men's blood. And she starts cussing at him. You bloody bastard. All this stuff. She's trying to, like, fix the bandage and everything. And Dougal says one of the funniest things I've ever heard, or it starts the funniest conversation ever. I've never heard a woman use such language in my life. (laughs) And then one of the other guys says, who we will find out his name is Angus, says, your husband should pen your hind, woman. 
um, which I never noticed before, and it like kind of upset me. But because um, he is so sweet and lovable. But um, he's and also then, an 18th century man. I don't care. It should never have been an 18th 18th century thing. Presentism. So that's where my irrit- my irritation is. It should never have been a listen. I popped out of the womb with a justice button. This is just not right stuff in general. So like, it just should never have been a thing. So that's where I'm, my stance is. But yes, you are right as well. He is an 18th century man. But his attitude with it is a little different than some other people's, which is why I'm a little, a little more irritated with him about it. But and then Rupert says, uh, which is so funny. Um, <laughs> Paul says, "Let a woman be silent and." You can mind your own bloody business, and so can St. Paul, which is from Claire. And that is one of the most epic lines ever in the history of anything. That was amazing. Like, I just want that plastered everywhere. Um, That was so funny. I even loved when she's trying to get, like, all that, when she's talking about disinfecting the wound and germs and stuff and they're like disinfectant wound or germs like what and then she's trying to ask them for something to clean it and she's naming all these different things and then she goes alcohol and all the men are like oh yeah totally i know what you're talking about (laughs) there's this shot of Dougal during that entire interaction where he's almost embarrassed that he has no idea what she's talking about (laughs) just like uh Uh, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) And she's tying the bandage and they start talking, Jamie and Claire, and they're kind of like, well, he's kind of mildly flirting with her. He likes to be a jokester. Well, it's no secret that in the, in later in the show, you find out that this is the moment when he like, he knew, you know, he already knew. He's like, this is, this is her. This is my future wife in his eyes he already knew that like it clipped for him right when he woke up and he's looking at her as she's yelling at him and his like eyes are just staring like his face you can when see he's it on his her. face yep exactly. yep yep he's like hmm <laughs> a testament to sam he's amazing just uh, show, showing on his face how dean was feeling he's the, like he's the king of that he really is he's like king of facial expressions for sure for sure um yeah. And then that's when you first hear Jamie call her Sassanac, like the cutest. And then it's the first time that we hear Claire call him soldier. Yeah. How does she and say that, it in her accent though? Soldier? Soldier. 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 I can't even say it. Yeah. But holy smokes. Yeah. That's something that they carry with them through the rest of the series, which I think is so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We can't talk about season five, okay? No, oh. we can't talk about season five, so no. <laughs> I know. We might and break wrote, down and do a season five episode, guys, because we need please. to Please. I mean, because we were literally talking about that last night, and we were like, ha, ah, it's a joke, and I'm like, I'm being serious. <laughs> So are you actually? You were like, "Oh no, no, no!" We can't. We, can't we told them we were we gonna do an do episode about Sassanac. Yeah, and then I went, "Did we? Did we tell them we were gonna do it in order?" I'm like, "Trust me, I edited the episode. I heard us say it a million times." 
<laughs> I was like, are you sure? Maybe we can change it up. It is our podcast. <laughs> what do you think in the comments after you listen? If you yeah, if you want to hear us do an analysis on the season five finale, let us know in the comments. And if we get a response saying "heck yes, we want to hear this," chances are that'll be next week's episode. So your voices will be heard. Um, let us know. Yes, you need to comment in the posts. <laughs> Yes, whenever we oh. post on social media, because that's the only way that we can hear from you. Yes, absolutely. Oh, right. At least the very last yeah. part of this episode is them arriving at Castle Leak, and yeah. I wrote, and here we go. Those were my words. And, I-, <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I wrote, man, time travel, the time travel aspect can make a person's head hurt. <laughs> so I love that we're on pretty sure. different spectrums. Yeah, and then I also wrote, this was actually a solid pilot episode for a show in general. I just, I was really impressed with their pilot. It was a good episode. I'm wondering if part of the, I don't know, it's not technically a pilot episode in the in the respect that it was, it, yes, it's the first episode, but it had already been picked up for an entire season at that point, so it's technically just a first run. And I don't know if that had any impact on how they formatted things, because normally whenever they're preparing a pilot, it's like, you have to sell it to the network. And I'm wondering yep. if the lack of pressure involved made it a little bit better in a lot of ways. I think it totally changed how Ron told the story, how he wanted mm-hmm. to lay it out. Because if you know right away where how much time you have and all the episodes, which they have 16, I don't know why stars keep lowering that number but um rude the stars i know rude rude and the books keep getting bigger and you keep cutting our episode countdown (laughs) (laughs) you know and the writers are doing the best they can they really are doing a phenomenal job i just want to applaud them yeah because you're a reader and you would know and i i actually think they're all doing really well i think there are some things that don't make sense to me but yeah i mean it's it's also just kind of like my brain kind of goes in this like I'm in the writer's room kind of thing and I don't mm-hmm. know if I would have said certain things with or told it the way they did sort of. So that's sometimes where I've found that my disappointment is a little bit even though I know I haven't read all the books yet. But I know with season one I was like there's already some things that were just a little different. It's not like they completely changed everything. But there were some things that that's kind of where my brain goes. And I'm like, okay, as a viewer, how do you feel, though? (laughs) So Right. Yeah. I think they do really well. Oh, yeah. They won, for sure. They won the lottery with Sam Hewen and Katrina Bell. Seriously. And then later on, I mean, Graham's amazing. What a sweetie pie. Like, in real life, I've never met him, but just from interviews and stuff and what we see of him, like, he's just such a sweetie. They're all great. Like, any of the random actors they have on that show, it's like, wow, you're, like, genuinely a good person. <laughs> like, it kind right. of, like, sh- shocks me a little bit. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. This is cool. Okay, and that's another plus to loving this show. Like, honestly, it's the actors as well, as much as it is the show. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, for sure. Um, Let's talk about best performance of the episode, our yummy moment, because yummy moments, if they do happen every episode, they are going to be happening. Because there are those moments where I know I for sure go nom nom. Or I'm like, or whatever. 
So I fought for this category. Um, and I'm thankful that Chelsea was like, yes, we will do this. So best performance, yummy moment. And then our favorite quote from the episode, which I thought would be kind of cool. And Chelsea's big on quotes. So I just thought oh, I'm huge right. on quotes. That's, that's a good mixture. Do you want to go first? So we're doing performance of the episode? And yummy yes. moment and then favorite quote. Oh, we're going to do them all at once. Okay. One at a time. That sounds better. Okay. Let's do performance of the episode first. So cool. I think that the performance of the episode goes to Tobias Menzies because... Interesting. Yeah, because we get to see him as Frank and we get the first glimpse of him as Blackjack Randall. And that was personally shocking to me because I had no clue. I hadn't really done any diving into the actors and who was playing what role and stuff. So to see Tobias Menzies as Frank and then I had like a Claire moment where I was like, what? Hold on. And I'm like, oh, that's who they picked to play Blackjack. That's pretty freaking cool. And he sold it. He sold it as two separate characters, and um, I was really thoroughly impressed. So he was my performance of the episode. It's so interesting because he didn't even cross my mind when I was thinking mm-hmm. about this. That is so funny. But, like, on the note of Tobias being so, like, it's daunting seeing him as Blackjack after you see him as Frank. Like, I was thinking mm-hmm. about the first time I ever saw that episode, and I went, it really weirded me out when I saw it. I was like, what <laughs> is going on right now? Right? <laughs> oh, my God. And as a friend I was watching it with, like, she kept her mouth shut really well. But my best performance was Katrina, actually. It was literally her episode. And she did well for someone who got cast last minute. Like, she literally mm-hmm. got cast what, a week before and just jumped right into it. I was very impressed by that knowledge. And I just, I love her reaction. The way she was showing Claire kind of going, what is going on right now? Like, her face matched the inner dialogue really well. And just the delivery of her lines were so good, too. I just, I was really, not necessarily the accent. I'm glad it lightened up a bit because her accent was a bit intense. Not that she was doing a terrible job at all, but like. It was I just very thought, thickly Man. laid on. Yes, there we go. <laughs> and I just, I was very impressed by that and just thought, you know, this is Claire's episode. I just thought there was no question about it. Like it was totally Katrina. <laughs> so I just, you when you said Tobias, I went, wow, he like literally just. It was Katrina who popped in my head, and that was it. So I just—I was very fascinated by that. <laughs> I love that ours are different. Okay, what was your yum moment? I'm gonna struggle with these because when I think yummy moment, I think like a sex scene, and then I tend to think mm. like, well, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. For me, it more is an interpretation of what I really like was a super big fan of in this episode, like what really got me. So I'm thinking. Probably. I do. I did really like their sex scene after Tobias and Katrina's Frank and Claire's sex scene after their whole um, infidelity debate and that they made up. And I thought it was beautifully shot. So, yeah, I guess that that was probably my yummy moment. And even her inner dialogue was really good, too. Mm -hmm. Just explaining their relationship, I thought was good. Interesting stuff. My yummy moment had to be when I audibly went nom nom. And that was Jamie looking at her with the blood on his face. It was just the look 
on his, like, how he was looking at her and just the blood all over him. And I did, like, a smile face with the heart eyes. And um, it just sucks you can't do emojis on paper. But I just, I literally went nom nom. And just, like, watching this all happy, you know, like, yay. Um, that was a good moment. So that was my yum moment for the episode. Jamie looking at her, which he does a lot. And how does that not get a woman all, like, hot and, you know, like, Excited, bothered, but yeah, excited. Yeah, I don't like the phrase. I don't like the phrase "hot and bothered." I'm like, I'm not bothered by this at all. Nope. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> oh, not bothered. So, what was your favorite quote? There were so many good ones. I really. This is gonna sound so dumb, but I feel like when Jamie says, "Never dumb." Thank you, Sassanac. And I just, like, I love that because, A, it's the first time that somebody's been really nice to her since she fell through the flipping stones, okay? Yeah. Second of all, that moment is something that will be carried on as part of their characters for the rest of the series. Like, it's a defining moment for them. So I really (laughs) love that quote. I love that he says, truly. Thank you, Sassanac. Truly. Like, that's what's the... That is a good quote. My favorite quote, which, again, I want it plastered everywhere, because I grew up in a very religious home culture, so, yeah. Yeah. But um, it is, you can mind your own bloody business, and so can St. Paul. Like, I love that line. (laughs) And that is totally clear in a nutshell. Shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) I'm going to do this. Help him. I also really like... My honorable mention was probably when yes. Frank and Claire are like huddled watching the druids and they're like, the reverend's housekeeper's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my honorable mention. Oh. But I just really Wait, like what was it. her name again? Mrs. Graham. Mrs. Graham. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. My honorable mention would have to be Dougal. Saying I've never I've never heard a woman say use such language in my life. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh my goodness. So so this many good was, lines. This is gonna be a good so good many. talk session. Yes, it is. It's it's a good way to close out in a discussion because it's funny and it's thinking on the positive and we can just send you off with good vibes. So I love that. Good and vibes, we get good giggles in. So yeah, good vibe. for sure. So we are, before we close this out, we're going to do the Sassanac Files Recommends, which is just a section where if we have watched something or read something or listened to something that we're really digging and we want to tell you guys about it, this is our space to do so. So Rebecca, do you have anything to recommend for people? I do. I just finished season four of The Last Kingdom, and basically, y'all should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's like with the Vikings time period, so it's Danes and Saxons, amazing actors. I would say this is another cast and crew where I'm like, you all are genuinely good people, and I like you guys, and this story is just so engaging. Season four was like some fucked up stuff. I, it took me, I couldn't even binge it. I had to literally watch two episodes at a time because I went, what is happening? Um, It was the first time I ever thought it was Game of Thrones level, which I've only seen four-ish seasons of. But it's seriously an impressive show. It's literally one of the best shows ever, and people need to, like, 
pay attention because it's really good. Um, I wish there was more podcasts about it, actually. I'm like, why are not more people talking about this? This is a sad day. <laughs> I can't wait to read the series. I'm super excited. But yeah, it's, you follow this one guy's narration. Like, well, obviously there's other characters because it's an adaptation, but basically it's from this one guy's Utrid's point of view. So good. Like, it's on Netflix because it was going to get canceled season two, but Netflix picked it up. It's totally worth it. Just soak it all in. You don't have to binge it if you don't want to. Just soak it all in. It's so good. That's my recommendation, the last kingdom. What about you, Toby? I just finished season three of Sail Team on CBS, which is a really great network series about a team of Navy SEALs. And it goes through their missions, but it also touches on their personal life and like the repercussions of the things that they see and deal with on a daily basis. And I find that really intriguing. Um, I have family members that are involved in the military. And so it's not exactly the same thing, but it's just, it's just cool for me to watch. So if that's something that interests you, like kind of getting into the mindset of what that's like and David Boreanaz stars in it. uh, And it's just a really amazing series, good drama. It's got some funny moments and, Highly recommend. It's just been picked up for a fourth season. So check it out if you need something to watch. That sounds interesting. I'm not normally like a reality type show person, but that does sound intriguing. Oh, it's not a reality show at all. It's a drama. It's scripted drama. Well, that might intrigue me a bit more. Okay. So thank you all for joining us. Let us know what you think in the comments and all that. We love hearing from you. I know I for sure do. Don't give me just hearts, guys. Talk to me. I love talking. Yeah. So come join us next week when we talk about episode 102, which is called Castle Leo. Bye. Bye.